Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, Guys, look, things are a little different. You're going to get shows a little earlier. That's what happens when you play a Saturday night game. Obviously, we've already gone through the post game with Pete Smith. Um, Guys, look, uh, great night. Just, you know, I mean, you get the team under the lights in prime time with a national audience. Uh, You know, obviously, there were some, you know, some times where guys were geeked up and you got, you know, some mistakes. And look, but, you know, these guys, this is all part of what the season is about. A, you know, knocking off getting some wins, learning how to win on the road, and a game last night where you didn't play so great, but you still won the game, and on the road. This is what, you know, young teams do as far as, you know, trying to get themselves to relevance to being contenders. So all these things are going on through, and, you know, with the game, obviously, last night on NFL Network as it went through. You know, Baker a little geeked up and hyped up. You understand, you know, Denver's a different type of place to play. But you got some guys who did come and brought their absolute A game. We're gonna get here that tonight. Um, PFF Browns night here with John Costco. You're gonna get it a little bit earlier than you normally do, but this is the way it's gonna work this week. Obviously, with the Saturday night game, John. First and foremost, just take it from a football fan and watching the game. Um, first off, Browns Broncos. First off, Browns in a primetime game around the holidays. Everybody wanted to watch. For me, for the most part of the first half, I was at a Christmas party, about 50 people. Everybody was into it. Everybody wanted to watch Baker Mayfield. Good time. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Baker didn't play well, but the uh, fact that he had Browns on, on primetime and that you got, everybody got to see him and um, just to see the, the, basically the competitiveness of the team, um, even when, when the team, on, well, the offense wasn't playing well and defense had a number of missed tackles, just how they were able to pull out a victory like that. Um, great. You know, it's great to, to do that. And then, um, you know, being able to just instead of having the whole slate of games that you're watching or, or everybody else is watching or, you know, grading something different. You know, I got to actually grade, you know, half the game yesterday. So um, that was that was great. And, you know, getting a better, better, uh, more concentrated look on the first run and live that was going on and um, coming out with the victories is all the more better. And you know, there were, you know a lot of things. Obviously, I mean, you look at this team the way it's been going on. With, you know, Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield. Your offense is being led basically by two rookies. They neither one started Week One, so it's fun to see you know the, the graduation, the maturation of these guys, along with David Najoku, just another kid himself, uh, and Antonio Callaway. And and then and we're gonna get we're gonna get to Jabril. And yeah, obviously, guys, you know we've been talking about him on the PFF shows here with John. And he's been getting a lot of mention on a lot of the shows, you know, a progressing player. We are going to get to that. But start with the Brashard Perriman and things of these nature. And, John, here it is. I mean, September, gun to your head, me and you. Hey, we're really going to be talking about Brashard Perriman as the season goes on on Locked On Browns, a guy who was on the street. But now all of a sudden, I mean, he's their big play guy. Yeah, you know, definitely came out of nowhere. Nobody expected that. I never expected it. Uh, you can't say anybody expected a guy like Bashard Perriman to come out uh, and be a weapon for this team uh, and really making some big-time catches. And um, Obviously, that touchdown was, was, was awesome. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, when Baker targeted him, it was only two targets, uh, still a passer rating of 135.4. Um, great, you know, just being able to to rely on somebody like that to be, able, you know, norm, that's not something you'd ever see him catch. Like in in Baltimore or even in college, he that's a pass he uses drops. Um, so you know, is it, if it's him turning around his career and just you know 
concentrating and realizing, hey, let's, I, can, I can't just fly by in my athleticism anymore. I have to really work at my craft. You know, maybe that is something. So um, I still think, like, you know, there's still question marks or whatever. Obviously, you just get one, the one target in the game, and the, but it was a phenomenal catch. Um, but, you know, if that's what, how you want to utilize the guy as, that's – and it's so far it's effective. So um, just kind of su- definitely surprising um, kind of emergence from him for sure. So And it's obviously really benefited for uh, the Browns. Well, and I think part of it is, is you know, I mean, if he can be successful on these deeper balls, which they seem to love to feature him on, it's just going to make everything else open underneath. Um, you know, and Jarvis Landry, you saw him celebrating, and, and you know, the excitement, I mean, that all these guys are having kind of together. Um, but Rashard Higgins, another positive day. Uh, the offensive line, I mean, offensively on a whole, I mean, just not really anybody stood out. So it was basically a sum of all parts. And you know, Baker. Obviously, we said he had his issues. The offensive line did as well. Nick Chubb on the you know the the most recent version of the Statue of Liberty they tried. That one obviously didn't work out. And you know, Nick didn't get the handoff. Nick kind of froze in the moment. Didn't you know pick up Todd Davis. Um, but to see the way this and you know, go ahead and explain. Obviously, you know a little bit with the grade system. You know, and that it wasn't just a pretty day. But if everybody does kind of just enough in some spots, it can be enough where you win a game. Yeah, so obviously the offense didn't grade out well. Um, really, you had a couple of a couple of performances like Higgins had. You know, he graded out well. He had a run blocking grade of eighty two, which is really fun, you know fantastic for a game. Uh, and then he had the big time catch on on the sideline. Um, you know, the toe toe drag swag, as Nate Burleson would call it. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he had an, another first down catch uh, uh, in the game as well. So. You know, when he got his opportunities, he made the most of them. Um, you know, it wasn't a great game by, by Jarvis Landry by any means. You know, three catches on six targets. Baker wasn't really, you know, when you had the quarterback, um, uh, you know, not, for whatever reason, wasn't very accurate. It was a little bit locked in on his first reads. Um, you know, you got to have other people step up. And when, when the plays were there to be made, the team made them, you know, look at it on the defensive side of the ball. They, they made them when they were there with the interceptions. Um, and then Baker, when he was given an opportunity, he made that awesome audible down at the line, you know, the goal mm-hmm. line and hit the slant and for, for a touchdown. So just ma- being able to be opportunistic like that, um, making the plays when they're there, you know, you got it out a win, even was it was not a good performance at all. Um, pretty much on, by anybody on the offense. So, um, good to see, be able to see a team, the team be able to, to pull out the victory like that. I don't think this is a victory that they get with, you know, that, uh, with Hugh Jackson as their head coach. I just think you've, we've seen that type of game from the team, you know, multiple times over the past two years when Hugh Jackson was the head coach and they found a way to lose. They always did. And in this, this case, they found a way to win. Um, so, I think I, obviously you put, come out with a bad game offensively and still able to win it speaks volumes. And you know, and, and like you said, and further your point here, you know, obviously you know Baker, it was not one of his finest performances, but you know there were some times where he was absolutely clutch when he needed the Callaway throw, you know, the Paraman throw. Now Nick Chubb, it kind of just been one of these games, and uh, you know, kind of similar to you know the week prior, or, you know, nine carries, thirty nine yards, not much going. But then all of a sudden, you get Nick Chubb in a spot where you needed to flip the field, control a little bit of clock, boom, off left tackle, gets north and south. 
40 yards. So you're starting to see that, look, even though these guys are having rough days, they can find a way when it's really needed and their number is called. And they can kind of really find a way to flip the script on their day. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I think with, with Chubb, he's a guy that, like you saw, can break it at any time. And um, obviously a, a key big big run there for 40 yards on that final drive uh, that led him basically into, into the red zone. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he was largely ineffective for most of the game. I think, you know, a lot of that was, you know, the offensive line struggled in, in their run-blocking assignments. Um, you know, Zeitler was the highest graded uh, offensive lineman, but nobody was, was grading well in, in run blocking outside of the aforementioned Higgins. And Of course, that's what you expect when you drop the script. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, Zeitler's run blocking year was a 64.2. That's not great, and everybody else is below that. So, and he was the second best run blocker on the on the team. So when you had that, really, you'd have to have some type of you know astronomical performance by your running back to be able to to you know overcome those that that bad run blocking. But if you have it all set up on one play and you know Chubb makes a couple people miss, you know you can break one, and and that's kind of how the running game usually kind of works. But um, he he was able to find find a way in that last drive and. Um, you know, these, like I said before, playmakers making the plays when they were there to be needed, um, and that's what that's how they're able to gut out this victory. And you know, and that's what you need. And you know, and, and the other thing is, as you saw, and we'll get to this guys here in a little bit. You know, this is your locked on Browns PFF night. Um, you're going to get it one day early, obviously, with the earlier uh, you know, schedule, the way it worked out with the Saturday night game. But you, know, we're going to get more into the defense here. But this is what you're looking for, and you know, it, it, you go on the road and you find a way. To win a game, look at home. You know when you're a comfortable team and you're a good team, you should find a way to easily win games with both parts of it. When you're on the road, you kind of got to bring everything. And when you need something, you know you get a little bit from each part of it. And you, you got it from the offense, you got it from the defense. Um, we are brought here tonight, to, uh, guys, by Action Heat. Uh, Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to. A heated car seat. Uh, they can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries. Very similar. And guys, you know you can actually use this clothing and charge your phone at the same time. So very similar system to what you're using to charge your phone. They are perfect for any friend or family for your uh, for your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, um, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that you know their you know livelihood insists of you know outside and having to deal with the elements, you know, you know, parks and recreation, anything of that, maintenance workers or whatever. Um, I do use it as well. For me here, you know, it, it is great for coaching because, you know, you start a fall season here in New Jersey and it's shorts and t-shirts and you end a season here in New Jersey and it's damn cold and you got to do everything you can to keep yourself warm. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models released for this winter. Make winter and winter activities more enjoyable with Action Heat. Guys, promo code here, Locked On. Um, you can go ahead and put Locked On in when you first register or when you are uh, checking out. Go ahead, put in the Locked On password. You get 25, uh, 20% off your first overall purchase. Uh, so, guys, it, it's a good thing to have. And whether it's Cleveland, whether it's New Jersey, whether it's Minnesota, where John is, uh, you need something to help you defend the elements. And that's where Action Heat will come on, come in and take care of you this winter. John, now... Whether it's me, whether it's you, and a bunch of guys here within the Browns community, one guy who 
He's been unsung this entire year, and somehow, you know, production, this, that, and the other thing. And for me last night, I predicted there would be a Browns defensive touchdown somehow. I technically was right, because Jabril Peppers did make an interception within the end zone. Just the wrong end zone. Yeah. John, Jabril Peppers, uh, and it's great for him, because I think he needed a statement game for people to understand you know, a lot of what he does is scheme-oriented, and it's sacrificing himself and, and things of that nature. But when he's able to get that interception, and, and this is the thing we've kind of talked about, is get a guy comfortable with where he's good, and then ask him to do something a little bit, you know, a little bit, step out a little bit, you know, out of his comfort zone, and that's where you got the interception in the end zone. Uh, the big sack late in the game. But he was all over the field last night. There, to a man, there is nobody that can say they watched that game last night and, and walked away with that Jabril Peppers was the most impressive player on that field. And you kind of whispered to me earlier, like, wow, I think he was about a 93. Um, 92.9, John. So the accuracy, I will give you mad kudos, my friend. I know you put in the effort. But Jabril Peppers, an absolute star last night. Yeah, and I, I, he's a guy that's been grading well all season long. And we had talked about this a couple of times in, on you know the show. And he had his breaking out game last last night. And um, his, it was kind of like Michigan Jabril Peppers again. Yeah, but even even more so, like I, he was never that impressive at Michigan because he a he I don't he had one interception as in his career. Ohio but, State his last game. Yeah, and it was basically off a tipped ball. So, yep. uh, you know, he, you know, he, this one, this was an impressive interception where he tracked it from the middle of the field. Yes, it was an underthrown ball, but the fact that he, you know being able to track it while the ball was in the air and getting there about twenty twenty five yards, uh, that was a very impressive play. And you know, as it stands right now, he's now the number five graded safety in the NFL. <laughs> I love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! I think I think what you have with the safeties in terms of our grades right now, you have the, you have four guys that are in like this elite tier, and then you've got an, an, a clear step down to the next like the second tier of guys, and he's the top of the second tier of guys right now at eighty three point two. Derwin James is in fourth at eighty seven point four. So there is a is a good gap right there, but he's playing well in coverage. He's playing around in run defense. Um, he hasn't he's not hasn't up until last night wasn't great as a pass rusher. But obviously, you saw you had the big sack, uh, and then he had three other pressures in the game as well. So, and then you talk about what what is affecting this as a, you know not just the interception, but there was a you know a couple of other pass plays where he was making tackles for short gain. He had the, you know Joe Schober had the missed tackle near the goal line. He came over there and and stopped the touchdown from happening. Uh, by I still thought that was a touchdown, but that was me. <laughs> You know, it, we—I don't think we ever had a clear view at it, but still, yeah. I mean, like he made the tackles, like in by by the refs' rule, you know. Of so, course. So he made that play, and then there was another time he had, a, you know, another tackle for loss in, in the game as well. So um, he was just all over the field, um, you know, and just just phenomenal, like just all over the field making plays, and that's what you want from that position. He was—it didn't matter if he was in the box, if he was in press coverage, or if he was. Even down on the line of scrimmage, at the on the edge, uh, or he was deep as a safety. It, he was he was just fantastic, and uh, hopefully this is more to, more to come. Just making these big impact plays because you know there's one thing to be able to just to play a consistent you know c- consistent game, um, and then you know having your uh, you know when the opportunity comes you're making the plays. But him going out there and actually becoming a big impact on the on the game, obviously that was huge for the Browns. 
and this is, you know, what, what kind of gets to the overlying thing here is, you know, if one week Miles Garrett is the one who carries it, one week you get Jabril Peppers, the Cincinnati game, it was David Najoku, Nick Chubb has had his moments, Baker Mayfield has had his moments. I mean, you want to talk about a future, you're talking about 22, 23-year-old kids, you know, carrying a team when needed, you know, and, and give it, and, and then you just think about the fact that nobody's going anywhere, and this unit's going to be together for a while, and, you know, look, I mean, whether or not playoffs are a possibility, there's so much going on where maybe it's not. But even still, there is no reason not to say 8-7-1 and one right now is the goal. And when you look around to the man and it's getting done by 23, 22, 21-year-old kids, it's amazing to watch, John. Yeah, it really is. And um, you want to see you want to see the team, I guess, perform more consistently so you have a well-rounded effort. Like you get... You get these awesome games uh, at times from Joe Schobert, who's struggled lately. Um, <clears throat> Joe, you know, Joe, the East and the West sometimes has issues. He was better last night with it, but North and South, he's very good. East and West sometimes, that's where you see a little bit where you know some of these backs are just obviously better athletes. Yeah, and you know part of it is is the cover. You know he's he's great in coverage, but then he if he miss, starts missing tackles, then in coverage that's a big issue. Um, he he wasn't terrible last night. He had a fine grade, but um, you know, obviously against uh, the Panthers, he was he was poor. But he misses a lot of tackles, and you want to obviously cut down to those because if he can just make you know when he gets it wrapped up, make the tackle, um, then he, you know he could be at a, the basically uh, you know top top five linebacker in the NFL. But because he's missing so many, he's he doesn't have that. You know, last year he missed eighteen tackles. This year twenty, but. You know, to, to, to express on your point, if you can get these guys playing on a more consistent basis where you have Miles consistently getting pressure. Last night, he was stymied for most of the game. Um, he did get some pressures, um, and it got a, two quarterback hits, but really was pretty largely ineffective for most of the night. And people can argue that, oh, he's being held every single play. And that's essentially it comes down to just making excuses for him. Like, either you just get it done or you're not. Like, Von Miller gets held, like, all the time. And, so does Khalil Mack. These guys, the, the, these elite pass rushers, essentially get held on most of their plays. Can you get, fight through that and use your hands to get the hand the, the hand off of you, or just not allow them to ever hold you? Um, you got to make that happen. And um, yeah, he, he's obviously graded as one of the top edge rushers in the NFL, but you know he could be a little bit better if he is able to use his hands a little bit better, just get get those uh, holds off of him. Um, so yeah, if you get these guys playing together and making their these big impact plays together uh then you're looking at a very dangerous unit as opposed to you know jabril had a a breakout game yesterday but then you had the rest of the team you had some spots in there you know jamie collins was pretty solid but um you know it it really took like a herculean effort from from peppers or you know sometimes it was baker you know where he's having a monster game or uh like i was saying so you know you gotta i think you want to see and the future is absolutely bright. Like you, this is the core is there. What you know, people aren't you know some people aren't going to like it. But Sashi Brown made some really good draft picks with the uh, you know Peppers and and Joku and and Garrett and Schobert. Like these guys are like legit top you know top talents in the NFL potentially. Um, they just got to put it all together and you know he rounded it out with what what John Dorsey was able to do this year with Baker and Denzel. Uh, it's you know you've got a you've got a legit foundation and core that you can build around. Uh, <laughs> there's really no doubt about that. Uh, and because you're talking, I mean you know starters 
everywhere, and you know what they've done. And look, you know, you know, and everybody kind of gets on the misses. There are misses, and you know, like we'll always hear Chad Thomas, um, you know, from for John Dorsey, you know, and people who want to get on Corbett. Guys, Corbett would be a really great interior offensive lineman. It wasn't for the fact that he already had three great interior offensive linemen. Um, and then as much as people want to get on for Chad Thomas, Jannard Avery in the fifth round. Yeah, really, really, really solid guy to get. So it's been a perfect blend of the two, and that's just why, you know, guys, I can't even tolerate, you know, Sashi versus Dorsey anymore. Each one of them kind of got the job done. Sashi had a plan in mind, uh, maybe didn't have the head coach to run it. Dorsey's getting to finish this plan. He's going to get to bring in the head coach he wants to go along with it. Either way, guys, it's where you want to be. The team is freaking good. This is your Locked On Browns PFF night here with John Costco. Um, we've gone you know, offensively, defensively. Uh, we're going to have some listener questions here to pitch to John in a little bit. Uh, Locked On Cavaliers. Chris Manning does a fantastic job over there. Um, the Cavaliers, you know, this is a you know a rough transition year. I mean, sometimes in the NBA you can't flip it as quick as you can in other leagues. So maybe it's transition years. But Chris Manning uh, does a fantastic job guiding you through it. So go ahead, uh, make sure you're subscribed and download the shows over at Locked On Cavaliers. Chris Manning does a fantastic job. Now, John, we do have a couple of listener questions, and here's the one. Um, you kind of address the part where it, it does seem like, you know, Miles gets held a lot, and the elite pass rushers get held a lot. But I did have a counterpoint to this one from the one listener is, are we sure Miles is offsides as often as he's, he's getting called? Or is there, or is maybe they're just not realizing that this is how insanely quick he is off the ball, and anybody, you know, anybody shooting Browns games, NBC, ESPN, NFL Network, if you want to devote a camera to and see, because it doesn't seem like he's offsides as much as he's getting called for it. So he had two offsides calls yesterday. Um, one, you know, one was the pass was completed for a 15-yard gain anyways. Um, so, like, like, essentially that doesn't matter. When you look at it, like, so I have the ability, uh, most people, when you can, if you have DVR or whatever, you can pause it and kind of do it in slow motion and look. Uh, technically, yes, he is he is offsides. He's timing it up just a little bit too early. He's essentially trying to time up the snap. And those two plays uh, that he got called for, yes, he was legitimately offsides. Um, and it was it was very close, but he he still was. And um, uh, the thing is, is that is it a big deal that you know you're going to be offsides if he's making plays? Um, and makes up for for the offsides. It's not a big deal because Von Mack, or Von Mack, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, they both jump offsides quite a bit. I think in the broadcast last last night they were talking about how Von Miller had like three or four of them the game before, um, but in the end he he made the plays that made that that led him to victory. And so like it didn't it didn't matter in the end. So like you're gonna I think a lot of the elite edge rushers they. They do get offsides because they're they're so quick that they're trying to get off the ball, um, and they're they're trying to time it up. But I, I don't think it's a big deal, um, unless it's you know neither neither one of those cases I believe actually led to anything um, detrimental for the team both for both penalties. You know, you talk about the one in the final drive. Obviously, the Browns stopped them on on that drive, and even that one was a declined penalty. Uh, the other one was earlier in the game where they stopped him on fourth down or, you know, they, they, they held him to at least a field goal or they didn't get, they didn't convert. It was a third down. They didn't convert the next play anyway. So um, obviously it's not good to jump off sides, but I don't think it's the end all be all or anything. So, Okay. And this one's a little bit here of a two-parter here from another listener. Um, Callaway, you know, 
I mean, there's times where we don't see him at all. Obviously, we saw him yesterday in a huge, huge opportunity. It seems he's growing. The game's slowing a little bit down. And Greg Robinson, the second highest graded uh, offensive lineman yesterday, is it scheme or is it Greg Robinson? Maybe after you know, all, you know, after you know, four or five years in the league, finding his way and getting himself in a better position. Um, it's more scheme, I would say, because I think what you thirteen personnel, extra tight end type of stuff. Yeah, so you got some, you got he's getting chip help. You're also getting the ball rid of the ball more uh, quickly as well. Um, and then he's he's got the benefit of having Joe Botonio right next to him too, who's one of the best left guards in the NFL. So um, when when you're you have a, for one, Baker's done a fantastic job of not you know vo- avoiding sacks and you know you getting sacked is is a combination of O line and quarterback is a stat. So if you're you know if you you can be a phenomenal pass blocking unit, but and this is the Browns have actually been really solid as a pass blocking unit, the offensive line for years, but they always have high sack totals, and that's because the quarterback always is hanging on to the balls far too long. Um, finally, you're seeing a quarterback that gets rid of the ball in a timely manner, and it all of a sudden looks a lot better. But what we're still obviously looking at is is how often they're giving up pressure, because that that's a more indicative stat of of how they're playing and. Um, Yesterday was a, was a lot better than it was the week before. Um, he only gave up one pressure in that game. He wasn't great as a run blocker. Nobody was in that game. Um, but uh, I, I, what you're seeing, I think, is is you're seeing better play from him. I'm not I'm not taking that again away from him. But you're also seeing um, how the, still the inconsistencies there. So like when he's he's still, he's playing with better technique, but it, that takes a long time for him to to really be able to do that on a more consistent basis um, because you still revert back to what you've always done because it's just, you know, muscle memory. So you have to be able to, you know, he needs another off season basically to be able to, to fine tune his, his technique uh, in that regard. And as for Callaway, you can definitely see him progressing and, and getting better. And I think what they've been doing is, is, not overloading him, which is good. As a rookie, you just shouldn't do that. Ever even looking at Antonio Brown as a rookie, he, you know, yeah, I, I can't remember. It was his stats were just like blah, basically, you know. So, and then he he was able to break out uh, in his second year. So, I'm not saying Antonio Callaway is, is Antonio Brown, but um, as a rookie fourth rounder that didn't play football last year. He was. This is how he should have been developed this year: is, is in pieces and take you know taking your timely shots uh, with him uh, and be given making him you know when the you know the plays were there to be made. If he had the opportunity to do it, then make it. Uh, not instead of like trying to rely on on a guy that you know hadn't played football in 24 months or whatever. Yeah, and he's you know he's looked good in that respect. Um, Orson Charles um, it wasn't a guy that was talked about a lot. I mean, I know we didn't hit on him much, um, but he was essentially the fullback, and that is no longer going to be obviously put on IR. Seth the valve. Um, it, it seemed a little bit of a <laughs> interesting move just from the fact that you know the uh, valve. You know, he's an injury guy. Um, but what were the initial thoughts? I mean, this is when they go you know two backs with a blocking bat. It's going to be him for now. What were the initial thoughts and how you felt about him? Um, well, like I said, from um, and nobody was good at run blocking yesterday, and that's what <laughs> he had to do a lot yesterday. So uh, he was poor in that regard, and um, 
he's always not been a great run blocker in, in general. Um, his his position on this team moving forward is going to be interesting because um, he's, he's going to kind of like Najoku, but he's not because he's not. He, you know, you know, he, uh, you know, he's got these astronomical like combine pro day numbers, but he doesn't he doesn't run routes very well. Um, and his, you already his, have a first round pick invested in David Najoku. Well, and like <laughs> I love loading up on the tight end position if they can, you know be reliable in a, in a receiving game and he doesn't seem to be able to do that you know he's not there in a consistent basis and then you're not he's not a great blocker so his him moving forward is i i don't know what's going to happen with him um obviously this year has been really bad you know you thought last year oh he got 33 catches for 395 yards is a guy that might you know you know again in this in his third year kind of break out or just improve upon that and he really hasn't at all uh and then on top of you're not a good blocker I uh, I don't know if we'll see him on a team next year, which is unfortunate. I thought you know this is a guy that had potential and, and everything, but um, yeah, that that's that's all I got to say on him. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it's a tough spot. I mean, maybe they'll bring somebody in. It's it's a high possibility here over the next two weeks. Um, you know, I mean, especially if you know the damn Patriots cannot do the Browns a favor today. Seriously, Tom Brady. Seriously, everybody in New England. We ask one thing of you. One thing of you. We're at the two-minute warning, and it's a seven-point game. We just... Uh. I can't believe we're going to say the words. Go, Tom Brady. Jesus, God, help me. Um, and meanwhile, we're looking at, uh, you know, Seahawks 49ers going to overtime for anybody who's got their, their fantasy uh, insight into it. Um, John, look, I mean, you know, I, you know, the pl- the playoffs, even when this party got going strong and hot, you know, it still seemed like a far-fetched thing here. But what do you think, you know, and, and this is where you can take the grading out of it and, and look, you know, who knows? Maybe Greg somehow, some way, they get to eight, seven, and one. Greg stays. But how do you feel about where this product is right now with this Cleveland Browns team? You know, depth all along the positional groups. Uh, you know, solid to star players at almost every one of the positional groups. It's. I mean, the off season is going to be fun. But I mean, a lot of what you need to be a successful team in nineteen twenty, it's already here in the building. Yeah, I think. You feel great about this team, even if even if um, you know. Let's you know, I'm expecting them to beat Cincinnati, and then the game against the Ravens is going to be very difficult to win, especially on the road. But regardless of what happens, and you know, I, I it's a very long shot to make the playoffs. You know, you obviously feel really good about this team, and I think the reason why is because you have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. Um, yeah, he's had some rookie ups and downs, but I think what you've seen is is that he is a legit franchise quarterback with the accuracy and the attitude that needed for it um you know and he's got things to improve upon obviously he need you know like last night in the game he was uh locking on to his primary target too often he, he was ty- kind of rushing things he wasn't really going uh going through his progressions on a uh you know in, in a timely manner but um you know he'll learn from those types of things and, and he was going up against a, a really good defense so um, you know, he's picking apart the bad defenses right now, and, and he has some some good plays and, and spurts and against the good defenses and then has some struggles. So um, I, really, when it all comes down to it, you feel good about where the direction of the team's going because of him. And, 
that's the main thing. And then you add on top of it the, the core that they have. You know, obviously they have a they have a really solid interior offensive line. Obviously, I think he still can look to address the left tackle position. I'm I'm perfectly fine with Chris Hubbard still manning the right tackle position. But uh, and then obviously you know Jarvis Landry is a good slot receiver, and I think you can um, you know have a receiving group that you can continue to add to. You don't need to look at the finding the, the next Julio Jones or anything like that. Like find guys that know how to run routes and get open. I like, you know, there, there's going to be quality players in the draft. You don't need to go first round on um, any of these guys for that position. Uh, obviously you have Nick Chubb and Chubb and Duke Johnson in your backfield, which is a great backfield. You saw finally Duke Johnson getting more than like two touches. He had some really good runs. Touched the ball eight times. My God. I actually yeah. was wondering who 29 was. Yeah, I just, I just, he's a guy I really think that just needs to get the ball more often. I think yesterday was, you know, when you look at what Baker is doing, I think he was really trying to push the ball downfield, um, forcing it downfield more than than uh, he should have been. You know, he yep. had some check down options that he had, he had, and you know, if you can just get Duke, you know, the ball to Duke in space, and you see it like when you do a play action rollout and just dumping it down to a guy who's open in space and what he can do with it, just it gets you. Even if it gets you seven yards, that's a, a fine play. Um, and then, you know, it brings – it sucks the defense up, and it, then it opens up the deep shot type stuff. But, you know, and then you look on the defensive side. Obviously, we were talking about Miles Garrett and, and Denzel Ward, Jabril Peppers, and Joe Schobert, and all these – you know, Larry Ogunjobi, there's a good core there that you can build around as well. Um, obviously, with, with also Demarius Randall, we haven't even talked about him, who, who's been great this year for the Browns too. So, um, yeah, I – Everything on top of on top of having the quarterback already there is just you know icing on the top. And you know, and the one thing, and the one thing with Baker is he's just got to learn that you know what, if it's first and ten and he wanted to go deep and it's not there, there's nothing wrong with second and seven or second and six, and that's what you saw in the interception before the half. There was nobody open on that play. I mean, that ball should have just been buried into about the twenty yard line on a one hopper. But, you know, I, I think that uh, it also goes back to, and I, and I brought this up last night, it kind of goes back to who Baker is. He's always got that chip on his shoulder because he was forever doubted that he just, you know, c- constantly needs to feel like, you know, he needs to show somebody something. And, you know, for Baker, look, that fight's over. You went one overall in the NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that can make that throw. And so we've seen him make that throw, too. Um, for whatever reason, yesterday his accuracy was just, he was just I mean, off. And it's, it's a place where it might show up. It, it is a place where it might show up in Denver. Yeah, and so if he was on, if he like if he was if he for whatever reason he was just off, if he had it was on like he was last week, I, I would you know that's a play that he's probably making and somehow. But um, yeah, I mean, really, you want him to be able to to see if there's a different option that play because it really it was man, you know man two. You had the guy with really tight technique, you know, coverage on that on. Uh, Landry there with the safety sitting over the top, so you you couldn't get it to that guy unless it was in the absolute perfect spot. Um, find you know find a check down option. Um, I know that the, oh, I can't remember who the receiver is on the outside, but he was not an option you could throw it to. So you had to move to a, a second read. Um, and I, I'm actually and even a, I forget if it was Duke or Nick, but either one of them that they kind of had a stumble when they met the linebackers. So there was no, there was really no bailout. There was no dump off option because the back didn't get to his spot. And you yeah, know Baker, that, he's never going to shy away from a big one. Yeah, things happen, and he'll learn from it. Hopefully, so. Oh, uh, we know that part. That part we don't have to worry about. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're Browns are going to be, you know, Baker's going to be fine. Browns are going to be fine. Hope moving forward is just going to be, you know, I think it's you're looking at being in playoff contention on a yearly basis now as opposed to being the bottom dwellers. And guys, this is kind of what we've been waiting for and it's nice to actually say it and believe it. Uh, and that's the huge difference. This has been your PFF uh, Browns episode here with John Costco. Um, we got a lot coming here this week, guys. Look, as we said, look, I mean, you know, Browns win. You guys listen. We'll continue to put out a great lineup. Um, for what we have preliminary schedule, everything works out. It's going to be a fantastic week yet again here on Locked On Browns. Um, guys, John Costco, follow him at John Costco, uh, the PFF Browns account. All the fantastic work these guys do over there. Check that out as well. Um, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead and follow back over there. Um, the Locked On Browns Twitter account, please, you know, uh, follow there. Uh, follow back account. You guys do so much, and you know, just the responses I get over, you know, the last 24 to 36 hours. Obviously, everybody's excitement going into last night's game, the excitement with the results of last night's game. Um, guys, I, I, I'm literally having as much fun as everybody else, and you know, like I've told you many a times, covering this team last year was difficult at times. It, it, it's hard to consistently talk about a product that you don't have much belief in or you don't have much faith in. But everything we're seeing now, and it's. It's just off the charts. And look, playoffs or not, I mean, it would be fantastic. And trust me, I will love every second of it. it. But if it's not there yet, it does not change what I feel this franchise has done this season. And the fact that they can conceivably close the season out with a winning record is just, I mean, it's mind-numbing after 1-31, after 0-16. Um, so enjoy the ride, guys. And look, I mean, either way, you guys are not going to be ashamed to wear your Cleveland Brown gear, Cleveland Browns gear in the offseason. You're not going to be ashamed to talk about your team. And look, there's a chance here you still finish second in this division. Even still, you could finish 4-1-1 one, one in this division. So nobody's going to tell you nothing about your Cleveland Browns. Carry that fandom, wear that badge like a damn honor. As we always say when we close, uh, you know, Lockdown Browns, LGB on the LOB. Until we talk the next time, let's go Browns.